It's Filmsy. Raul and I are going to do 2022 Filmsy Awards. We've asked our friends to give us their favorites of last year. You're going to hear some stuff that everybody loved. It's university acclaimed, and you're going to hear some stuff that people just really got into. Also, some, some things maybe they didn't love, but we're going to try not to spoil anything. You may hear a bit of an intro in a bit. We filmed this about a week ago. Uh, we had some some editing issues, and you'll hear two of our friends come in a little bit lower, so just adjust the volume, and then it'll be back. Appreciate your patience with us. Enjoy the show. Rylan, are we going to do spoilers? Are we going to encourage everybody not to totally spoil things? I don't want to spoil things because this is not yeah. one of those in-depth episodes. You know, this is the one. This is one of those episodes where you just you just go like give a non-spoiler version of of okay. why you think this thing was your favorite movie. Okay, I love to spoil things in life. Not even just movies and television. I just love to just ruin you spoil things. Spoil everything, people, honestly. You're just yeah, really I do. Like I constantly, but we won't do that today. We've got some good people coming on later. We'll start with Rylan. What was your favorite stuff? Any category of 2020. I'm ready for this. Um, I have like five movies on my best movie list. I, I, they were all really good. I mean, we've already done everything everywhere all at once. And we talked about why that was an amazing movie this year. And it was, um, so I'm not going to go over that. Um, Lately, I've seen a couple of new ones uh, that I wanted to point out. The menu, I thought, was fantastic. I thought it got snubbed in all the awards. I don't know. It may have just been me, but it just hit all the right spots for me. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then I really liked uh, Glass Onion, which came out recently on Netflix. Um, that was a fun movie. Uh, and I think we've talked about The Banshees of Inishirin and maybe yep. The Northman for a little bit. Yeah. Well, so Ron, my- I, well, Ron, I really liked every movie that you mentioned. Uh, I thought personally that the menu, I mean, I liked how weird it was. Uh, if I, I We're not going to spoil anything, but I, I don't know. It lacked something for me that I can't describe. Like the angst was, I, I couldn't understand why um, Voldemort was just so angry. But man, it was clever and it was original. I really liked that. The Glass Onion, some people are just mystery guys and those, those are fun. Uh, even with Daniel Craig's accent, I just learned to love it. <laughs> there's some there's sort of some sort of warm cleverness to it that where it doesn't take itself that seriously but it does I just really enjoyed that those movies those are some really good ones and I, I wanted um, to just say that I have down on best performance mm-hmm. uh, Ray Fine's hamburger uh, that's probably one of the best performances <laughs> yeah. I've seen all year long Justin back me up on this one it was a really good looking hamburger. Justin rewatches that scene where he makes that hamburger like I would watch the scene in Titanic when I was a teenager of um, <laughs> the nude scene. I imagine Justin, when no one's looking, he just watches it over. Justin, am I far off there? Uh, no, it's true. I mean, anything with uh, delicious looking food and also I get to see them murder rich people, like, sign me up. Did, I, I imagine you in doing your uh, review of that saying it just didn't ring true that anyone would take just one bite of that cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to say one more thing about that movie. Rafe Fines. That's how you say his name. I learned that today. And that, I was like, it's not Ralph. It's not Ralph. It's Rafe Fines. You're not supposed to name him anyways, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> he shall not be named. Amazing actor who should not be named. Rowland, what else? Any television shows? Any performances? Anything specific yeah, man. really stand out to you in 2022? I think that I have a big list of television shows, too. I think if you press me, Severance would probably be at the very top for me. I, I thought that just blew my mind. It was it was so much fun. Um. I have on my list of best performance, Colin Farrell's eyebrows. Always amazing. Mm. Uh, let's see. Man, best adaptation. You had that just one. just like the best actor. He's amazing. Oh, yeah, he is awesome. I mean, he's awesome. I, I, I poke fun, but he is amazing. When he has the right director, he is amazing. I think he's miscast a lot, which is a shame. Um, I want to... I want to shout out my best adaptation last year, and that was uh, Bullet Train. I, I found out that was an adaptation earlier, <laughs> and it was such a fun movie. It was just fun the whole way through, and so I wanted to give that one a shout out. Um, and if we get into some of these others, I, may, I might name mine later, but I want to give Justin plenty of time to talk about what he loved this year. Justin, give me your Boy. feedback before we get started. we got Justin Tyler with us, probably our favorite contributor on films. You don't tell anybody else um, that I said that. Justin, what did you we think don't want of to Bullet steal Train? Them, it was fun. <laughs> it I was... watched that in theaters, Justin, and I couldn't tell if I liked it or not. Resounding <laughs> praise from Justin. 
I had a good time while I was watching it, and I uh, I thought the the performances were pretty good. Everybody looked like they were having a good time, which I always appreciate. Um, uh, yeah, uh, like that's that's about the best I can say about it. I mean, it was it was just kind of a it it was it was a lot of fun to uh, to to just sort of get lost in this in this ridiculous situation with a bunch of ridiculous characters. Um, I don't think there was much more to it than that. Justin, and I'm being serious here, both of you, um, do you think what the way he just described Bullet Train, could we describe every movie of 2022? I think there was some semblance of uh, what Hollywood and the surrounding areas thought we would want last year. We got a lot of escapism. I know that kind of dominates Hollywood anyways. We got a lot of post-pandemic fun, right? Because I, I think a lot of the movie, I didn't think 2022 was a banner year for you know future classics, but I had a lot of fun in the theater in 2022. Do you guys agree that there's a lot of bullet train in looking back on film and television in 2022? Uh, I would say that's definitely true for like the first half of the year, maybe. Um, like I, and that's kind of one of the things that I, <laughs> like, I, I don't mean to like damn it with fate praise uh, because I really did enjoy it for what it was. Uh, but it's also, yeah, it kind of bleeds into a lot of the other films that I saw that I don't even remember seeing. Like, if I looked through a list, I was like, I think I saw that. And that would be about two-thirds of the movies that I saw this year. That's amazing, because it would have been months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not years. So. I mean, they did another Top Gun for crying out loud. Yeah. It was a lot yeah, of fun, too. And it was... The Top Top Gun uh, was... Like, I had it on my list as possible, like, best surprise, just because... It's one of those movies where it's like, obviously, it's not like the best movie ever made. But then like, while you're watching it, it's like, is this the best movie ever made? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It got some Oscar nods. I would, talk about that. Tell me what you think about it. I'm, I'm all for it. Good for them. Like they, they, uh, I think they knocked it out of the park for what it, for what it could be. I mean, um, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think they're, they're more deserving movies, but as far as pure popcorn cinema like i don't think it gets much better than that i had so much fun watching that movie but i was also very surprised that it justin what else justin what else stands out for you in 2022 what what's on your official list just what are the justin awards um so i don't even want to start at the top my my favorite movie of the year was i would have to give it to banshees of inner sharon that one uh, uh i i went back and forth a lot on uh, on that decision but uh, it just it stuck with me the most just great solid performances all around i love uh i loved again like uh, like you were saying you know the a lot of movies that were just sort of escapism and this one actually i found truly challenging in a way that um yeah it really did challenge me to like take a stance on any of the main characters and what they were what they were doing like it's so incredibly gray in every regard where it's like everybody's right and everybody's wrong and it has this amazing way of portraying that you know, some, somebody can say something that is fundamentally true and inarguable, but can be so wrong in how they interpret that truth and the way they treat others. Um, it's like these, these two characters have diametrically opposed views on what it means to live a good life, but they were you know, put together, like if they weren't living in this small island in Ireland, in the small town, then, you know, they, they never would have been friends. And then as somebody, you know, as uh, Brendan Gleeson's character tries to take stock of his life and make it meaningful, he realizes he needs to, you know, cut those cut those uh, superfluous parts of his life out, or the parts that he feels. And it's like, I can understand that impulse, but at the same time, the way he did it just seems so cruel. And uh, uh, Colin Farrell's sort of reaction to that is 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 heartbreaking, but his inability to let it go was like just making everything so much worse. Yeah, it seemed to me like as you and I watched it at the Bell Court in November, an allegory for war that could be avoided. Obviously, the backdrop was, you know, the Irish Civil War. It was so well done, so beautifully shot and really sad and painful because I think it is an allegory for um, what you just said so well about people aren't neither neither one of them are wrong neither one of them are really going about it the right way and it just ends disastrously uh beautiful movie absolutely um 
Uh, I'd give uh, other shout-outs to Everything Everywhere All at Once, of course. I thought it was maybe, it was a little too long, um, which is my main complaint about it. It was just like, I, w- I loved watching it, but by the end I was exhausted. Um, let's see, uh, the, the Fablemans, I think, is one of Spielberg's best movies. Um, just, uh, it's, it's another one that I, that, you know, while I was watching it, I wasn't really sure, like, how much it was going to hold up, but I've, 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 I've thought about it a lot more than I thought I would, and, um, I really like that, that sort of, um, he, he's always been this incredible workhorse, right, and, like, to see him sort of tackle with his own, his own life in a way where he can, um, really come to terms with like this blessing and this curse of being a great filmmaker. Um, I, uh, I I really I really enjoyed uh, everything about that movie. It's just like a bunch of great performances again. Yeah. Um, I love the Fablemans too. I I think the important lesson there, like we were talking about the the allegory for war with Banshees, is um, it's important to remember that Seth Rogen could tear your family apart. <laughs> And I'd let him. You know? I just uh, like that way. If he, uh, you know, shares with uh, shares with some of his pottery with me, then uh, you know that that guy can do whatever he wants. He's he's learned earned a couple lifetime passes for me. Yeah, and he's <laughs> come a long way, and it's awesome to see him in a film like that. Uh, well cast. I mean, really fun movie. Uh, really interesting. You don't think on paper that would work as well as it did, but it worked very well. Yeah. Um, I'd say my favorite performance was. Uh, uh, unsurprisingly, it was uh, Kate Blanchett in Tar. Uh, just like for somebody who's had such a, an incredible career of amazing performances, I genuinely think this is her best one by far. Um, and it's it's an amazing film. Um, I I could I could probably take up the rest of the podcast talking about that uh, about that movie, but it's just I I the only thing that I really want to say about it uh, here is just it, it it has this deep complexity to it that I don't think would have worked um, in uh, it with any other scenario um, the way they the way they set everything up and then it is two and a half hours of this deep psychological drama um that has the greatest punchline i've seen in years uh, the end of the movie is just i it absolutely blew my mind i was just sitting there in shock at the end of it with how funny it was um have, have either of you seen that yet i have not seen it you and i saw the trailer for it at the bell court and i i missed it unfortunately yeah, I, it looks I, like one of those movies that might be a bit, you know, difficult. Two and a half hours, but you'll be glad that you watched. And um, I'm going to get there. I have not yet. Same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll be looking I, for that punchline, though. <laughs> I guarantee you that. I'll be looking. Like, I, yeah, it's. I don't want to say anything else. Which, I, like, I, I kind of, I kind of figured because it is like it. You have to commit to it, um, and you have to set set some time aside because it is one that that uh, rewards a close watch. Um, and yeah, again, like, but you get, you get Kate's, Kate Blanchett's performance, like from the very beginning, she is just all in and she is, uh, it's, it's so, so good. I think the other, uh, the other movies that I had for like my biggest surprise of the year was Triple um, R. Yes! Which, um, I have not had that much fun watching a movie. I know. Okay, listen. This is the one I told you guys to watch. Did you watch it after I told you, or had you already seen it? Because I was so excited about this movie. Uh, I don't recall. I don't recall the timeline of when I watched it. It is such a great buddy movie. Oh, man. It's so good. It's it's so good. It's so wholesome and just so beautiful uh, and just so much fun and just so, like, maximalist that I, yeah. I, I i was like that's another movie that like i should be i thought i'd be kind of annoyed by because it's like three hours long it's very long but they but they make every second of it count <laughs> <laughs> and you know what both of my surprises were buddy movies the other one was unbearable weight of massive talent which was also a great buddy movie yeah well you're talking to the choir when it comes to um sir (laughs) nicholas cage so justin (laughs) tell us what you thought about that film i haven't watched it yet i uh how how were you a producer on that film 
<laughs> and didn't see it yet. I know it's it's uh, it surprises me too. Uh, but it wasn't uh, it it went out of theaters around here very quickly. Uh, I had to watch it on a plane, and then uh, it hasn't. Uh, I don't know that it's made it to streaming, but I need to just go ahead and shell out some money for it and watch it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely high on my list movies I need to watch. Um, my, I, I think my biggest disappointment of the year um, was uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, which please I mean, tell I'm, us about that. Uh, yeah, well, so I mean, I'm kind of burned out on a lot of Marvel stuff. Like, I, I, I go see them. I go see them all, but it's, it's more rote at this point. Just kind of, I want to keep up with the story, and I do enjoy them. Like, they're big, fun popcorn movies, whatever. But this one, I actually had high hopes for because Doctor Strange is one of my biggest surprises. The first one, um, I really enjoyed. I thought it was one of the most clever of all the Marvel movies. Uh, and then this one, uh, when Sam Raimi, who is one of my favorite directors, uh, stepped in to, to, to direct it, I thought maybe we've got you know something unique and special here. And there's definitely a lot of Sam Raimi touches in there, but uh, it just it doesn't hold up. It's like the, the story just... It moves too fast. You have to know too many other things about uh, from you know uh, other TV shows, other Marvel stuff that's going on. And there's like everything uh, happens so fast that you just never really catch your breath. Nothing gets to breathe. I don't end up caring about anything that's happening. Um, and kind of like the other ones, it just sort of. Like, he puts a Sam Raimi twist on it with a bunch of undead things and a bunch of cool visuals, but at the same time, it's just it still ends just like the other Marvel movies with some big, barely intelligible action sequence. And yeah, there's really nothing to hold on to there. So did you watch that one before or after Everything Everywhere All at Once? Because I know they came out at really close to the same time, and I think it matters. Uh, I did see it before. Really? Okay. I saw it after, and it was super disappointing after because I had just seen like the best multiverse movie I'd ever seen in my life. And then I watched Doctor Strange, and I was like, ooh, a little disappointing yeah yeah i mean and that was another thing that i was disappointed in, right like it was just like oh this is how multiverses can be done but I yeah mean, they call it the multiverse of madness and yet they spent i don't know so little time exploring that concept yeah they really only stayed in like two of those multiverses uh, and they weren't really that mad no <laughs> that's right uh let's see uh i think that's really did, did either of you guys watch amsterdam no it was a huge disappointment i'm sorry i yeah. started it and it's is that the one where somebody really famous gets killed in the first 15 minutes i i think Spoiler. i only made it through 10 minutes and i just, yeah. just stopped watching no I, I couldn't make it through it and i'm that doesn't make me a good filmsy host but no it wasn't appealing to me and i don't yeah. really quit movies that easily but yeah well the cast looked it looked like it was going to be great i was excited about it you know that amazing cast and i usually like uh david o russell stuff um i like a lot of the stuff he's done in the past but yeah that one for some reason just didn't stick out to me as something that i really needed to make time for i figured i'd get around to it eventually but haven't yet mm. well by well, a big time cast i assume you guys are all talking about taylor swift uh, you're excited <laughs> yes she is very tall <laughs> t swift real big these days <laughs> JT, you got anything else? Uh, anything else? What did I miss? Uh, TV shows, I guess. Uh, I have to give it to Severance, probably. I think is my uh, favorite TV show of the year. Uh, just a great, funny, uh, interesting concept, and the the core, you know, characters, the main four, are just so good. It's one of those where it's like if any one of them wasn't, you know. Uh, just at the top of their game like just then it could have fallen apart if they weren't all such great characters and great actors um then it might not have worked but uh it's one of those where it's like it seems like almost a funny concept at first and then you sort Mm -hmm. of peels back the layers of like how it's terrifying horrifying that would actually be yeah loved that um, very surprised how much I loved Andor. Um, People love that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, genuinely great. The best thing that Star Wars has put out in a long time. Agreed. Um, Station Eleven was another one that I um, 
Yeah, I started that and I love that kind of theme, but yeah, I need to give it another try. It was it seemed well done. Yeah, it was it was kind of at a interesting time given that it was about a, a pandemic that sort of wipes out modern civilization. Uh, but uh, but that's not really that. I mean, that's just kind of a setting more than what it's about. It's uh, really good. The uh, absolutely gorgeous visuals, like really well directed. A lot of great performances there. And um, the only other movie that I think I probably would make note of was uh, Nope, as like one of the most visually astonishing films I uh, that I really enjoyed this year. Um, I I have uh, it's another movie that I could I could talk about for the rest of the podcast, but I think I'm getting close to time. I liked Nope a lot too, Justin. I thought it was great. I, I did want to ask you, did you watch The Northman? Because I think that would be a movie you would like. I have not watched it yet. Which that's is, surprising. Uh, yeah, really well yeah. done film. I'm not a anything but i I guess get so tired of i don't know it was like a thousand years ago um revenge movie i don't know i get so tired of that but i'm tired of rich people too i don't know i'm so the themes you know y'all know a couple years ago i'm so tired of violence i'm so tired of the gratuitous sexuality now i'm tired of rich people and i must like I can't spool anything, and I love to spool everything, but it's like, <laughs> Northman, it's like, really? You're just not going to go back on that ship with your wife? This, this is over, man. It's over. All right, so Hannah and Charlie are with us. They're going to discuss from all the many movies they watched last year. They're going to talk about what they liked in film and television in their own categories, 2022. Hey, guys. We'll just jump right in then. Um, but I'm going to go in, in reverse order of the way you sent me the questions. Rylan, Justin, y'all can say hi. It sounds like I pre-recorded this. Uh, Hannah, hi, hello. Hannah hasn't hello. ostracized herself from I'm all glad, of our friends. I'm glad Jeez. is not the only one who speaks to me. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to go in reverse order, though, because I feel like best TV show and best movie have to be at the end. I'm looking at yours. I might change some of mine as we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you kick it off with biggest disappointment? First of all, I'm kind of, I'm going to be the most pedestrian of the people on this podcast. So, uh, but I did watch this show on Amazon called The Peripheral, which looked pretty cool. Uh, and the, the characters were not likable or relatable. The villain seemed bad for no reason. <laughs> like it was just, and it had this whole. Uh, kind of undercurrent of um, kind of right-wing gun fetish and also gamer guy, like, culture underneath it. I saw that one too, Charlie, and I I didn't finish it. I kind of agree with you there. I would say the biggest disappointment was the summer I turned pretty, but to be honest, I had very low expectations going in. I watched it, I binged it the weekend that y'all were in Philadelphia, and I had, I was just like, yeah, I just want something that, like, Charlie would not want to watch with me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I don't know what rating we have on this, on this podcast. Just, just edit out whatever, but, like, you don't bang a guy and his brother. Like, that's just not cool. I'm glad you said that, because otherwise I would have no way of knowing that. Justin, write that down. You're going to need to know that. It's very, very bad. That's a spoiler, right? Oh, that is a spoiler if anyone hasn't seen it. I mean, you sold it so well until then. Honestly, that's going to make people more likely to watch that movie because it doesn't, I mean, that television show because it doesn't seem great. But Banging Two Brothers is, makes it more interesting. Right, so you can spoil that. That's thing, people. This is the show for you. Okay, moving on. Uh, best surprise. But are we talking about surprise like your experience of it or best surprise in the story? No, like the movie that scared you the most uh, in, within a scene. No, I'm kidding. That's I know. It's whatever you want it to be. That was a joke. We loved Brian and Charles, and my Charles can tell you more about it. Oh, it was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else see this as an independent film we saw at the Belcourt and this guy, Brian, builds a robot, and it is extremely heartwarming, and as parents, super relatable, and you can watch it with your kids, and it will make you feel all the things, and you don't expect it to be as good as it is about just some very strange Welsh dude building a robot, but somehow it is just perfect. I missed it at the Belcourt. Thanks for the invite, by the way. And uh, I don't have any kids. I'll, I'll have to borrow yours if I want to watch it with the kids. But I'm I'm definitely interested. Rylan, um, Justin, have you I'm seen watching that? it. I have not seen it. I've never heard of it, but I will definitely watch it now. No, I haven't seen it yet. I uh, I saw a trailer for it, and it had like one of the, like that 
that very very quirky feel um and definitely interested and definitely on my list so and now that it's got the charlie hannah endorsement um it's moving on yeah. up you had these two at heartwarming yeah. <laughs> robot i'm also just gonna quickly honorable mention christmas story christmas you know usually sequels are not great i found that one so charming and redemptive and lovely yeah I couldn't believe it took them 30 years to make that. And I thought it was much better than I thought it would be. And um, yeah, it really surprised me. They wove it in really well. And they didn't they didn't do what sequels do when they're bad, which is just try to remake everything from the original. Yeah. It had a lot of heart. Um, we figured out the only adaptation that we watched this year <laughs> was... Death on the Nile, ad- adapted from an Agatha Christie novel. Unless you want to count Rings of Power on Prime. Um, which, but they had to say explicitly, like, we did not get the rights to any original Tolkien materials, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if you want to count that or not. I very much enjoyed Rings of Power. Haters going to hate, but I thought it was fantastic. But yeah, also, yeah, we like a good, a good whodunit. Mm-hmm. Moving along. <laughs> Hey, I also like Rings of Power. I, I and I think it counts as an adaption because they, I think they got that material from the appendices from one of the books, which does not sound exciting. But I thought they did a good job with what they had. It was beautiful and just anything Tolkien. I'm just glad to be back. Okay, so I don't know what Charlie would say for best visuals. I thought we both thought it was not this. Okay, we'll say what you think it was. We both White Lotus. Oh, you said you didn't like the visuals as well in the in the. I liked season. it more in the first season, but I'm not saying I didn't like. Oh, I love how they I love how they open with the stuff, especially in season two in the ocean. So, I thought it was so I, I did well. I enjoy the visuals shot. in the first season more, but and I like I loved all those those Polynesian hymns, but oh yeah. Uh, I guess we're not talking about that season because it wasn't this past year. I don't want to hear about 2021, Charlie. That's way over. No, yeah, I agree. The theme, well, everybody knows you're more of a Hawaii guy, and uh, I get that. Um, I really love White Lotus, and we have to get y'all back on. We'll have to talk about that show. I just, I'm so fascinated by it, as are all white people <laughs> ever. Did you see, sorry, didn't waste time on this, but did you see the SNL spoof, Black Lotus? Ha! Ah. Highly, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I, I no, but I'm gonna. Uh, people of color reacting to rich white people nonsense. Fantastic. I also would call out on visuals just because I love, I just, I don't know. Everything about it is bright and colorful and makes me feel good. But Marvelous Mrs. Maisel had a new season this past year. And I don't know, there's something about 1950s New York and the color and probably her outfits as much as anything, but um, that one is always just beautifully shot and makes me feel happy when I watch it. I didn't realize they made another season of that. It came out in April. So, would recommend. Season four. Yeah. Oh. Great opening scene. Yes. (laughs) And, well, I don't know how many, we're not doing spoilers, so okay, I'm fine. There were... We're not supposed to, but... Okay. Okay. Cool. Moving on. Um, for me, best performance would be uh, Julia Garner as Anna Delvey in Inventing Anna. Was blown away by that show. Fascinated by that show. Loved everything about the show. Um, I, she was fantastic. I don't know if Charlie had a different thought on that one. I mean, I, I haven't thought about it enough. Sorry, I didn't do my homework. So I'm going to second. <laughs> well, that kid is so good oh, in everything. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Oh, you didn't see, um, oh my gosh, what's the show with Bateman where the Ozarks and she's by far stills the entire series and that's saying something because Laura Linney Absolutely. and oh, okay. Bateman are in No, have not seen. I don't really do dark stuff because mm. life is too dark, but that's just me. And it's like me. If she wants to see a lot of people surrounded by rednecks doing dangerous things, she'll just go visit home. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to call out though, um, our honorable mention shout out on this one um noah is it shop or shop as will byers in stranger things i think in season four which came out this year he really stepped it up in i don't know you can you can see you know he's a child actor he's really see him developing as you know as he's taking on like 
I guess, more grown-up themes. He's probably in love with his best friend. You know, like, you see all that coming on and the way he plays it out and the way you can see it on his face as, when it's never explicitly stated, I think yeah. was really, like, you see yeah. a lot of development there. I think they've given that child the most to do. So, yeah, I, I would agree. He, he kind of comes of age as an actor he has to. That's a pretty ambitious role. And you're right, the unsaid stuff, I'm glad they leave it unsaid because it's, it's better subtle because in that time period, he would not have said a word. Okay, we'll go to Best TV Show. I think we may have had a split here on Best TV Show. Ah, uh, because mine was Severance, where people's brains are split. But um, also, I think Charlie had a different one. But um, I was completely fascinated by Severance. Um, cannot wait for season two. Couldn't watch anything else until we had watched the whole season. Um, pretty close to home, <laughs> working in tech. And I just am completely, I'm 100% in. That's three out of three for Severance. Charlie, you're going to be the... Yeah, it's three for three. Yeah, you're going to be the uh, dissenting yeah, no, vote here, I, uh, I mean, I probably have to admit that. I mean, if you're talking about, like, what's best versus what I enjoyed the most. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to yield and, and say, yeah, Severance is probably the best. I really enjoyed, though, um, Outer Range. <laughs> With, uh, you know, what, oh boy, as Space would say. Brolin. <laughs> Josh Brolin. No, I haven't watched it yet. Josh Brolin is old boy. That's that's a good old boy. Tell us about Out of Range, because I haven't seen it. I want to. Cattle rancher out in where, probably Wyoming or somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. He just finds this big hole to nowhere on his land. It's like, it is literally a hole to nowhere. Like, and you like, it's not... I mean, it's some kind of like Terran space time or something, but like, um, okay. I really want to see that. So I'll stop you there. That sounds awesome. He, there's this one part where he's like dealing with all this and he's just like struggling with it. And his wife is, is, is very, you know, religious. And she like has him say grace at one point. And he says he has this, this like prayer at dinner, which is like, Oh, it was the best prayer I've ever heard, but it's like, he just keeps saying, there is a great void. <laughs> like, and, and it ends with, like, and I don't know if I really believe in you, but I really fucking hate you. <laughs> like, sorry, I didn't mean to like, oh, no. mess up. You can bleep me. I know you can No, I love to bleep people out. I like it. <laughs> it's like a skill. I really do love to bleep people. Yeah. And, and I want to go back and say, like, my, like, uh, biggest surprise at how much I liked a show was uh, Night Sky. With uh, Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons, you know, see this one or you familiar with it? I started that one. I just didn't have enough uh, me time to finish it, but it was really interesting. The first two episodes, you know, it is like kind of a an experience. It's outside of my own experience, you know, because I'm not elderly, but it it broadens, you know, and and it and it grows. So that's yeah. all I can say about it. Yeah, I could not bring myself. Sorry, I couldn't bring myself to finish it because I think I heard it got canceled, and I just hate watching shows. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bear of Bad News and all that. I'm sorry, but yeah, I heard it got canceled. Same for another one of my favorite shows, 1899. Did you? I think you like that, Charlie. It was hard to keep coming back, but it it, it grew. You know, it grew on me. Yeah, that one that also a got canceled because at the very end, it's like, uh, okay, this is getting. Yeah, you guys have had great stuff. What else you got, Charlie? All right. Yeah, we'll have, probably have to go with. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, please tell uh, the audience glowingly about how you oh, came you to watch that movie. Us, right? Or you like rented it for us? I think you were watching the kids, maybe, and then you were like, "I put this on your Apple TV." <laughs> we appreciate it. It was very, yeah, it's very. Just to the rest of you, this is what happens when you ask me to babysit. Give you the best movie of the year to watch. Of that movie, like everything on a bagel, you know. Yes, honestly, and being truthful, I. Yeah, you guys, that movie, because I really wanted to hear the two of you, what y'all thought about it. So now here we are. I want to hear uh, as, you know, as best you can, because uh, that movie is hard to sort of talk about it in a, in a paragraph or two. But um, what came across to you most about uh, that movie? What hit me was it's, it's really playing with the question of how do you cope with the mundaneness of your life? I mean, but maybe that's like me projecting my personal stuff onto it. But um like that there's just so much on the main character. I mean, you can just feel the weight of, of 
just everything she has going on. How, how do you zoom out from that and, and see what's more important? What were you going to say, Charlie? Oh, maybe it's me projecting or, or maybe it's just what it was about. But uh, <laughs> It seemed to really focus in on like every choice, you know, leads you to where you are. And she was sort of living in her worst timeline, <laughs> as it turned out. Um, she Like her life was better in every other timeline. <laughs> anyway, um, it was interesting how it all took place in the IRS because, you know, the agent was talking about how every transaction tells a story. I don't know. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> and Charlie, you made me think of when the character comes to and is like, I could have done so much more interesting stuff if I hadn't married you. <laughs> it's just like, she's so blunt. I don't know. I had to watch it the second time to really get a good feel for it. I thought it was a little long. I think Justin said that too. Yeah. I mean, it's really ambitious and the heart of it really came out the second time I watched it when I knew what the heck no, was I'm, going I'm on. laughing because Justin and I always have the argument about Big Trouble in Little China being too long so it's just funny that he's like calling another movie out for being too long how dare you how long is it even Justin you really should know it's like, it's like that that <laughs> was that the first Tony Turbo classic Ooh, I don't know it may have been Maybe we need to bring that back yeah I thought it was the one where um, Nick Cage turns on his motorcycle and his hair catches on fire. <laughs> Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. All right, so we've got Jesse and Jacob, and they're going to tell us about their favorite stuff. All right, guys, so let's get started. Each, we'll start with you, Jesse. What was your favorite film of 2022? Okay, uh, my favorite film of 2022 was Glass Onion. It was so funny with... Daniel Craig, his his acting ability was incredible. Uh, being able I was to, afraid of that as a follow up, and then you see Norton in it, and other, and you realize they're going to yeah. try to launch a franchise, obviously from that. But I, yeah. I felt like it it really really well delivered. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think uh, I think it was pretty fantastic, and his his ability to to just play the part of like kind of a aloof, even though he's like you know comes in and solves the crime in like the first the the, the fun crime in like the first five minutes of that little yeah, he's like the modern thing. day Columbo. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it really was it, it was an, it was the most for me it was the best movie of the year by far but i didn't watch that many movies this year but i will say that was my favorite yeah i think that's my qualification too is i didn't see a, a ton of movies this year <laughs> well it's your turn jake so of what you did see uh my favorite movie was everything everywhere all at once that movie was absolutely fantastic and it was one of the best surprises i've had and fun times i've had in a movie in a long long time it's the it's the first movie in a long time i went into completely blind i knew absolutely nothing of the movie and was just entertained and it's thought-provoking and it's funny uh the whole time so that was my best movie of 2022 jacob we were in this movie together we saw this together right at the mm -hmm. theater what was the most surprising thing about the movie the way that it ended or when you looked over to your left and saw randy asleep for half of it right so yeah we um we went and saw this for my birthday and and our step uh father randy went to the movie with us and he conked out for a good 30 minutes of the movie <laughs> um, uh we love randy just we love him yeah but he woke back up and it was like he didn't miss a beat in the movie like he just picked right back up where he left off and it was almost like he didn't miss any of it my favorite part in the movie i don't know why this just hit me but was the uh the ratatouille joke <laughs> throughout the whole movie i don't know why i just I loved the ambition that. of that that was and they took it so seriously too i loved it <laughs> just the scene where it, she bursts into the kitchen and there's a chef there with a raccoon on his head and he says he goes she can't know and they start fighting her it was just hilarious i laughed at that like the rest of the day i don't know why i found that so funny but it was it was great and that movie is full of stuff like that i just i I just loved it. It was the best time I've had in a movie in years. You know, the first time I saw it, I saw it at the Belcourt in April. It kind of fried my brain a little bit. I thought it was a little long. I watched it again. I really, then now that I, I kind of knew what was happening, I could appreciate the heart of it and kind of what, you know, what they were trying to like accomplish it from a theme standpoint. I really enjoyed the movie. We've talked about that all night because I, it's going to wind up being, I think, you know, the classic uh, for sure of, of 2022. Yeah. And I, I hope it wins best picture. It's up for best picture. 
I think it's an underdog story, but it really kind of leaped into the zeitgeist a little bit, and I really hope it wins. Can I tie it into my biggest disappointment also? Yes, you got the floor. All right, so my biggest disappointment was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The multiverse stories I was really excited about for Marvel to do. I saw Doctor Strange first and thought I liked it, and then I saw everything everywhere all at once and saw like the potential of a multiverse story, and it made me go back and reevaluate Doctor Strange made me realize that Doctor Strange, I think, was my biggest disappointment because I felt like there was so much they could do with the comic book characters and the multiverse and the 25 years of comic book movies preceding that movie that they just yeah. didn't do. We did a podcast full on, and if you haven't listened to it, um, on Filmsy, we did Everything Everywhere all at once, Rob and I, with our friend Landon. And Landon says that exact thing, is the oh. timing for Doctor Strange doesn't stand out because it's more, hey, we're doing this, and it's a nod to the history of, of Marvel characters. And um, I think Everything Everywhere just sort of, it pales in comparison to that because the multiverse is so fresh and so unique and so wild. And just really one of the better uses of of a multiverse which is kind of a even at this point kind of a tired sort of genre i think it's just such a fresh fun look at it justin who was on just like you know 15 minutes 20 minutes before you were and he had the exact same uh biggest disappointment for really a, a lot of the same reasons oh okay I, I heard the tail end of justin i didn't hear y'all talk about dr strange but everything everywhere all at once it just was able to weave such a good multiverse story, and those kind of stories can very easily descend into confusion. The directors, in the, the from script writing to the direction to the editing, was just phenomenal all the way out. Yeah, I would say that ties into my biggest disappointment, too, because I just put all Marvel movies in 2022 as my biggest disappointments, and that was one of them, the multiverse. Like every one of them. <laughs> yeah, like all the Marvel movies they came out with in 22, I just felt were blah. And did you know? Didn't meet expectations, at least from from what my my expectations were. I guess. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I, I didn't like Thor as much as I liked Ragnarok, and I did like Wakanda Forever. I think it was probably my favorite of the Marvel ones that came out this year, but I don't think it was as good as the first Black Panther. So yeah, yeah kind of a down year, I guess, for Marvel. Uh, Jesse, give me the rest of your. Uh, well, um, for TV shows, uh, I had to go with the one that I watched the most this year. Which would be Bluey season three. It's yeah. In all honesty, it's uh, superb. It's a masterpiece. He's not kidding. Yeah. I'm not even. No, gonna it watch is. That. Bluey I season actually, three is a masterpiece. I put yeah. down all my favorite episodes. Like they're just. Yeah, give us a few of them. They're seven all minutes right. long. Surely people have watched that. Even if you don't have kids, the moral message and just how fun it yeah. is. And Bingo, um, not Bingo, um, Bandit. Um, oh, Bandit inspires me to be a better uh, human being. Exactly. You know, it's just yes. Yeah, That's so what I get from it. I'm I get, being dead I serious. Get the inspiration um, to be I'll, a better dad. I'll like, cut out and give me the the Bluey stuff because I, I want to hear it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So 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 yeah. It, like you said, it gives me the it gives me the inspiration. To be a better person but like for for a lot like just learn how to play uh but like how the show is done too is is to me it's just really funny uh like my favorite one of my favorite episodes was one called fairy tale and it's literally he goes back he's telling his kids about these fairy tales uh and his kids ask him are fairy tales real and he's like oh yeah i'll tell you a real one that you know you could believe whether it's real or not and it's basically a story about him in the 80s picking on his little brother and and like basically kind of like a lesson in you know don't really don't don't pick on little brothers or don't pick on people don't be a bully because uh, you really end up paying for it in the end but but the, like the way they tell the story I mean it's all the things from the 80s that we used to do like skidding on bikes and yeah. um, like you know just the things we would call each other and like not wearing helmets while we ride around the kids are like surprised <laughs> and can't believe that it's like uh, that's that's a thing that happens so I like I like the little jokes like that they have in there that's more for like the parents that are watching uh, can enjoy like the the you know the, the same show that their kids are watching because their kids are loving it for different reasons but that's a good one there's one that was called obstacle course where the dad is like competing against the young kid the, the oldest child bluey and like just can't lose like no matter what like even if the kid like worked hard for like hours to get better he just like grabs her like by the scruff and pulls her back and beats her at the end of the show it's it's just so funny like and it's just like it's too real too like it like every episode feels like it's an episode that i've lived uh you know every day uh you know with with my kids so i love that it also brings in good like 
how life used to be like with the parents and they're trying to teach the kids like you got the past the parcel the the dad who comes in lucky's dad who's like one of my favorite characters and he comes in and he's trying to get the kids to do past the parcel the way they used to do it and only one prize in it and some kids lose and and the, the kids are used to everyone winning and getting a prize anyways it's just it's like it just teaches lessons that are just very different and, and sometimes i think aren't really taught well these days anyways so it it gives us good opportunities just to play with the kids and and teach them fun stories that fun lessons that we're you know literally having getting to watch a seven minute show and it's just it's yeah. it's fun and quick and, and then i heard the interview that they that that the the bandit and the mom and the dad basically do with who who'd they do it was it jimmy fallon they did the interview with jake maybe you remember do you remember who they interviewed with because we watched it we're yeah it was Christmas. it was jimmy fallon they were on this jimmy night fallon. show yeah it's night show that was I, that the interview was funny because like i didn't, I didn't realize also i didn't realize that they, they've never even like met each other like they they do their, all, all their recording is done separately and it which blows me like every time I watch it the, one of the episodes now I'm like I don't how do you do this like how do you not go off each other's reactions like their voices and everything like they know how to like they do it perfectly I don't even know how they do that uh, but that was pretty incredible learning learning all that information what was the episode in season three where bingo doesn't want to go to bed she comes downstairs Unicorn. her dad becomes like this alter ego Unicorn. and he's just Unicorn. like so that I wrote that one down that was also one of my favorite ones Unicorns where the dad oh, literally man, just picks so up ridiculous. a hand puppet and is the worst person. It's, it's my favorite catchphrase because he has a catchphrase. Oh, he's like, oh, I forgot you have a yeah. catchphrase. Yeah, he has a catchphrase. Because Jilly is like, hates yes. it, clearly. Oh, she hates so. it. So, and it's, which is, again, it's like, it's so funny because it's like real life stuff. But I think the catchphrase is, and why should I care? <laughs> and it's just like the worst <laughs> thing to teach your kid ever. And obviously, he's, he's, he's setting a bad example on purpose, but it's so funny. Uh, yeah, that's probably, you know, I actually, I wasn't sure if y'all let me go on about Louis season three so actually i had my other one was severance but blue season three was definitely probably the one we watched the <laughs> yeah, most yeah <laughs> just just in front of severance yeah cool yeah just well, you'll be almost everyone it. has said severance everyone <laughs> has said that was the best tv show they watched i believe so um, okay well i'm gonna stick um, with bluey then because that was it, it, i watched it the most and i mean i used i watched it yesterday so i mean we've we've, we've watched it probably five or six times all the way through season three i know you really relate to that we always say everybody in the friend group says that you're the australian blue healer of our friend group so <laughs> it makes sense you relate so much yeah. to bandit I, I, I knew there was some reason that i related to yeah. him so i figured that was it yeah. do you have anything else Justin? i had my best performance I, I did put daniel craig from glass onion as benoit blanc i I thought his performance was great and like like when he delivers the line which i can't even remember what i should have wrote the line down uh but it was when he finally figures like is, is kind of explaining everything and how edward norton's character is basically an idiot <laughs> he's like he's an idiot and uh you know just how he's just so open with, like just blunt with it just kind of his deliverance in that that one scene was just probably the best part of the movie for me um, but I thought he got best performance I did have a couple best adaptations and I uh, I wrote a couple down because I wasn't sure I didn't honestly I couldn't say I'd, I could compare them but I know Rachel her favorite was Redeeming Love just because that movie did come out last year and I watched it with her and the movie was good mm-hmm. and it's just kind of it's the the book itself is you know the whole story of uh, I think it's Ruth in the Bible and it's just like all about redemption and and you you know, continually to run away and then come back. And the, I thought the movie itself was, it delivered it pretty well. I mean, she's like, like the book, she's like, you know, sort of a hooker that continues to run away from a guy who actually is trying to do the best for her, which is sort of like, just like the Bible story. So I thought that was a good one. I almost um, mentioned that one too, Jesse, because yeah. she liked it so much, but I hadn't seen it. So I, I didn't say anything, but she said it was great. She liked yeah, I watched it with her. I, I mean, the movie was good. It, it really was. It was like, you watch it and you're almost like, like her, you, you, it's just like when you read the Old Testament and you're just like, why do they keep doing that? Like they keep doing this really stupid thing of like going away when, which is exactly what, you know, the, the struggle is there. You know, you keep going away when you should keep coming back. Um, and and staying faithful but instead but he she always took she was always taken back or you know he always took her back oh it's hosea and and gomer um not ruth sorry hosea and gomer that's what it was yeah but it was a good it was a good it was a very good movie jake uh, give us a couple of years and we'll go back to jesse 
for best TV show, I picked Barry season three. Um, so I fun, th- so crazy. Yeah, that was and good. yeah, I forgot about that one. It was really good. I think they did a really good job of. I don't necessarily like this choice. I, I don't know where they're gonna go with it, but they've really turned Barry into a really dark character. He gets darker and darker each season. So it's almost like they're playing against the whole anti-hero aspect of his character. So I don't know where they're gonna go with that. It'll be interesting to see season four. I think the road chase in the mid-season where he's on the dirt bike and he's weaving through traffic was just a phenomenal set piece. And that incredible for TV. Yeah, for TV and that it's Bill like Hader. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah, he directed that episode. Super talented dude and he's he's it's easy to watch someone on SNL and think that maybe they don't have much to offer that much more to offer than what they do on SNL and he's just come out as a really talented guy and so Barry season three I thought was phenomenal I think Barry is like Walter White um, Breaking Bad I think he loses himself and you see that like from an anti-hero if you really did all that stuff you turn towards sociopathy I mean you couldn't avoid it so I think I kind of like that because he falls apart in season three because he's killed so many people yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I think where I might diverge a little bit is, I, I don't know, y'all might see think differently. I felt sympathy for Walter White at the end of that show. I don't know. Oh, I didn't. I mean, he, he ruined his and his family's life by in probably mo- you know thousands of people with selling hundreds of millions of dollars of crystal meth. I mean, he loses his soul before he dies. I mean, it's awful and he falls apart and he doesn't feel sorry for himself. He's happy with what he did in the end. He is proud of himself for doing something. So he just, he's a decent guy in the beginning. And I think Vince Gilligan is trying to say, you can lose that. The best thing about yourself, if you think that you have to leave, you, you put money or anything else, you prioritize, prioritize that. It doesn't matter what you were. You can lose it. And the pursuit Barry of loses power. It. Yeah. 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 And I think... I think where I, with Walter White, I'm thinking of that scene in the next to last episode, or maybe it's the last episode, where he's looking at his newborn daughter in the crib, and he's just, you can see on his face, he's contemplating, you know, all the choices he's made to bring himself to that moment, and he's about to make one more that's going to rip him away from, you know, his family, and that made me, that made me sympathize with him a little bit. I haven't seen that with Barry yet. Maybe it's coming. Right, but I'm really invested in Barry as a character. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what they do with him, and and if they're you know if it's going to go the way of Walter White, where they're irredeemable, or they try to somehow bring Barry back to some sense of likability. I don't know. It's it's like Tony Soprano. People liked Tony Soprano as a character. I hear um, you. Yeah, well, it's the best television is like him, and uh, I mean even Don Draper in Mad Men is a guy is borderline sociopathic, but you. Still feel sorry for him i'm not and sure to get that people well i should say people I to do that is the genius of a show that's why most of the best shows ever are you know someone like that that you kind of root for but they're really not a good person yeah well i was just gonna say i i, I think that in barry barry himself might be too narcissistic to have in the end one of those moments where like i don't know it'd be almost be uh, ingenuine to his character i i don't know if he you know if he tries to turn back and feel I don't know if he can feel remorse or uh, sympathy or empathy for other characters. And if he mm-hmm. did at the end and he had this redeeming moment, I don't know if that would be true to his character. I don't, what do you think about that? Yeah, I could see that because he, he very much doesn't connect with the people around him, right? When his, you know, I think of that scene where his girlfriend is pouring her soul out to him. And he can't empathize with her. His solution to her problem is to offer to kill who's bothering her, whoever's bothering her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's when she realizes this guy's a psychopath. And so maybe, maybe that's not coming. So, uh, you know, it'll just be interesting to see. Uh, it's it's weird that – do you think Barry's a one-dimensional character then? I don't maybe? know if he's one-dimensional, but I don't think he has – I don't know if he has capacity for sympathy or empathy, like I said. So I, yeah. in in that way, emotionally, maybe, and maybe he's maybe he can grow a bit. But and I've seen him grow a bit over the seasons, I think. But I don't know if a complete turn to someone who has a lot of remorse is in the cards for him. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So that was my best uh, TV show. My best uh, performance. I picked. I'll make sure I pronounce this guy's name correctly. Uh, K. Hugh Kwan, the guy from. From everything, everywhere, all at once. Who plays the uh, husband? Outstanding. He was uh, Data from Goonies, and he was short round in Indiana Jones. And I don't know if y'all know this guy's Dr. story. Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. 
He's yeah. so good. He, I mean, his his career was essentially dead in the water. Um, he he had not been in in anything meaningful since the early two thousands, and had gotten into work as like a stunt coordinator on some productions. This part came along and just has reignited his career. But I thought he did a fantastic job. Very emotional. I think he gives uh like the most romantic line I've ever heard uh in a movie when he's talking to Michelle Yeoh's character and he says something to the effect of broken my heart again but in in another life I would have loved just doing laundry and taxis taxes with you um and I heard yeah. Hannah talk about um how that movie tackles the the issue of like dealing with the mundaneness of life I think that line is so evocative of like what it's what what a meaningful relationship has at its core, which is you can find connection and joy and love in the mundane things of life. That line just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I've loved his performance. I also hope he wins the Oscar. He's up for, I think, Best Supporting Actor. He's won, I think he won the Golden Globe. I think he won a BAFTA Award, so he's got a lot of momentum going into the Academy Awards, and it seems like it just couldn't have happened to a nicer dude. His career's picking back up, um, which is great, and uh, I, I just loved his performance. Best adaptation. I really, I really struggled with this one. Uh, I originally was going to pick House of Dragon, but I didn't read the book that House of Dragon was based on, so I didn't feel like I could uh, ethically put that one on there. So I picked Rings of Power, which was based off of Tolkien's work predating Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I think they did a really, really good job of condensing just a vast amount of material into uh, a coherent, fun show that really did capture the spirit of those original Lord of the Rings movies. Um, So that's what I picked for best adaptation. Yeah, I had that on my list as well for best adaptation. And I read like The Cimmerillion and it was like a history book. So to be able to like turn it into like a really interesting show, I I thought they did a good job. I know a lot of people didn't like certain parts of it, but like not staying true to the story or the book or the characters themselves. But I thought I thought it was great, and I thought it was entertaining. The things, the things that happened in those appendices were spaced like thousands of years apart. Yeah. And like right, you can't. It'd be really difficult to base the show on the material they had. We talked about that a little bit earlier with Hannah, and I had the same kind yeah. of comment. I think they did so well with what they had. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesse said, that that material is so dry, and it covers such a wide expanse of time that they just it, it was a big undertaking. I think they really succeeded uh, in bringing a lot of that stuff to life. It was good to be able to watch it with the kids, and so that's what I put down for our best adaptation. Jesse, what else you got? My uh, my biggest or best surprise, I guess, and I didn't have any. I didn't even know it existed, so may- maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. But just well, I have two. I got. I have two. Okay, so the first one was definitely Murderville. I didn't even know what it was, <laughs> and I just clicked on it one night. I was like, I'm gonna watch show. this, and I was like, and you know, I, it's so dumb and terrible, but you know, it's so it's just it's just so perfect, and so I I love Murderville. I even the Christmas special, which was e- even worse than all the other ones. But having all the uh, actors come on, having basically, it, you can really tell they really didn't have any idea what was going on. So it, it was it was pretty authentic, at least for 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 that aspect of it. And so I, I really liked watching like you know football stars come on and and just random actors jump on set. And then then of course the finale, the Christmas part was just like literally just it just seemed like some guys were walking through the set and they're like hey you come on too and, and you'll have a part and they had no idea what was going on and so i i really liked it of course it's got one of my favorite actors in it so it, it's just it was fantastic i like more job anytime i can get it yeah exactly yeah but my other big surprise which i really thought was going to be terrible because i just there's there i just didn't think there was any way you could do it but maverick i really i really enjoyed it it was like watching an old 90s movie again like that had like jets flying in your face and like these really cool maneuvers and and uh you know tom cruise being tom cruise and it was like it, it really was just like nostalgia for me to watch maverick you, you just don't see many movies like that anymore that are just I, I guess that deliver the way that that Top Gun and the way that this Maverick movie did. So I I, I like I like that one. That was a big surprise to me. I was watching Maverick with Rylan, and uh, 
at the beginning the beginning of the movie spoiler alert you know his 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 plane flies apart at Mach 10 yeah. <laughs> and he survives and I turned to Rylan and as I was asking him this question I felt so stupid asking this question I was like he couldn't really survive that could he and I was, the moment I said that I was like crap Rylan's gonna think I'm an idiot <laughs> but I, yeah. Maverick I have Maverick down for um, best visuals because I think oh, yeah. the, the the flight scenes in that in that movie are phenomenal and the fact that Tom Cruise like learned to fly a plane for portions of those yeah. uh you know fighter scenes is just incredible the, the guys got a reputation the last several years of really going above and beyond doing the stunt work involved in movies so Mavericks yeah. on my best visuals I'm gonna well, double down on what Jesse said and just say almost pretty much every Tom Cruise is my biggest surprise movie of the year movie because <laughs> I'm always like this is gonna be terrible surely this one can't be good and then it's awesome like they're all good and yeah. i don't know why but tom cruise is just makes they're just good movies <laughs> i've liked almost every movie he's ever been in yeah 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 that's it's, you're not wrong yeah i did like it it was good for for visuals because uh, you're talking about visuals a second ago that one was good but i had avatar 2 which i literally had i didn't think it was gonna be great but i it's funny because i did put it my biggest disappointment i i guess i kind of hoped it would be better than i thought it was gonna be but the mm-hmm. visuals i mean in an avatar movie are always beautiful like i, I thought the first first movie was beautiful and and just being and it's just it was like eye candy the whole movie and the second one was the same which with the he creates really cool sea creatures and he make the cgi is really neat uh, and it really makes you feel i think after going to places like disney and like doing the flight of i can't remember what it's called the one where you're basically on the back of the ecron or something like that and you're flying through the world and they like i don't know to me it's just like a cool world they've created and the visuals were really neat and being able to i guess live it at disney kind of made me uh, like it even more just to see kind of a different aspect of his world that he's created so he's and he's good i guess at creating he loves the, the ocean i think you know with titanic and all but yeah uh i thought the visuals were pretty good in that but it was also just too long for me it's like a four hour movie three and a half hour movie something like that yeah uh, i think i think there's probably a solid 30 to 40 minutes you could have cut out of that movie oh yeah probably yeah so I, I, that's that's like that's the first thing i said to rachel when we walked out of the theater i was like you probably could have taken an hour of that movie and it probably would have been the exact same movie but uh, the power the power of the visuals though they do sustain you through that like yeah that section it's that middle section where they're all underwater learning everything which is cool and it looks phenomenal yeah. um but it is long it was it was very long even for me i like long movies like give me four hours of lord of the rings and i'll, I'll you know eat it all up but that was just three hours of that of avatar was a little too much three and a half hours that's figured you guys were talking about severance earlier so i didn't really bring that everybody's talking about severance everyone's talking about severance it was great it was great i like i like adam scott and that in the show and this like the the idea of the show is really i like new ideas too so it's kind of a cool new idea that that hasn't been done before so i thought that was cool Cool. I like Britt Lower too a lot. She's one of my favorites. I also liked Severance. I it was it was in contention for a couple of different my, uh, categories of mine. I'm excited about season two of that one. I thought I thought it was good to see Adam Scott in a dramatic role. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a lot of dramatic stuff, so that was cool. Can we just talk about what we're all really waiting for, and that's Ted Lasso season three? I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. what I want to be talking about right now can't wait for that it's going to be amazing yeah it's coming out this spring a couple of a couple of months i think yeah did any of you guys watch uh midnight club Mm-mm. Mm-mm. did you guys watch midnight mass last year 2021 i don't really watch i don't watch i don't watch much lifetime anymore because my, my mom doesn't come over much, so <laughs> no guys midnight mass was like one of the best tv shows that came out in 2021 it was about a priest that moves to this town no spoilers but like weird stuff starts happening and people are dying and like you can tell that like something weird something off is about this guy and it was it was a beautiful like the music was amazing acting was great and so the same guy uh he did bellman or oh man he's got like two other netflix shows that were good uh they're like haunted house shows but this one was his best this year he came out with a show called midnight uh, hold on uh midnight club and it was on my biggest disappointment list because i was so excited about midnight mass and i loved it so much and i was excited to see this one and it was a show about kids at a kind of like a it's not really a summer camp it's like a house uh they all have they all have terminal cancer and they're they're at this house together and they're just kind of living out their last days kind of at this house for kids that all have terminal cancer so that was like a really depressing way to start a show but you know that 
it wasn't they weren't all depressed it wasn't like super depressing um it's just the concept was but but honestly like the show just never for me took off i we watched two or three episodes tried to like it i tried so hard to like it and i just couldn't so but i highly highly recommend midnight mass all right I'll have to check that out did anybody oh, did anybody uh, mention stranger things season four a little bit of that yeah, hannah made reference to some of the performances yeah, yeah just the, the last episodes were so long and it i don't know maybe it's just it just seemed kind of repeated but there's there was a lot to like about it from a production standpoint there's yeah. one what i'm interested you think of it? It. Yeah, i liked it but but i was i was gonna say my favorite character was the the new let one me guess hopper no <laughs> oh, my favorite character is hopper by <laughs> Uh, I mean, he is uh, like number three, probably, probably number two, actually. No, no, the the new kid that they introduce. I'm trying to look at first name, but I don't see it on here. The the D and D kid. Oh, the the dungeon master. Oh, yeah, Eddie. The dungeon master. Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. yeah I would say Billy, but I knew it wasn't Billy. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie was probably one of my favorite like characters this season. Like, oh, just, he was great. Yeah, he was great. He did a great job. He like just played that role of like the kid in the '80s who wanted to like freak out everybody's mom. Like he just, I I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that part of the his relationship with Dustin and the other guys was kind of kind of cool taking the kids under his wings and teaching them the ways of <laughs> the dungeon master I want to know you guys' impression of a show because we all grew up watching this show and it was a little bit of a disappointment to me I still have to finish it but tell me what you thought about Willow it was tied for biggest disappointment with me uh, for Doctor Strange I, I ultimately chose Doctor Strange because I could connect it to everything everywhere all at once I was very disappointed with Willow and I'll tell you the, the biggest reason I was disappointed with it. Willow has one of the best musical themes in music connected to a to a character and they didn't use it in the entire show mm. the music of the original willow is phenomenal and they yeah. didn't use it at absolutely. all absolutely in the in the show i also think they could have leaned a little bit more into the fantasy stuff uh, i know it's weird to say that that show could have been more fantastical but i think it could have been i had read somewhere that they they'd kind of based willow off of luke skywalker in the last jedi um this kind of lost over the hill hero i don't know if i agree with that choice either the young kids the acting i don't think was great they were more annoying than anything to minda and myself yeah that was so, one of my yeah yeah their the acting for them wasn't great and the their the dialogue was was weird and i thought it was silly to have the popular music in it when you have such a great score you could it, you could like um use and enhance I, I think of like the clone wars cartoon that took john williams's score and they the guy's name is Kevin Kiner and he just expanded on that score and he did his own stuff but he he used themes and motifs from that score to make new themes and motifs and it worked really well for the Clone Wars and you could have done the same thing with the Willow score and you didn't and it just was a really big disappointment yeah I was talking to this with Rachel talking about this with Rachel and she was like oh Willow's on here and I was like oh yeah I could put that as probably disappointment and and like I, I think I only made it three episodes in and I just has have not been interested enough to pick it back up and finish it um, but it was it was like watching a wb show like they leaned like, a little hard on the ya stuff yeah. yeah yeah they oh they did do that but but i mean it was like watching smallville again that oof, it's just hard to get through the acting like kind of it's almost like painful like whenever the i don't even remember what her name was the main girl would like uh the the daughter of the what's her name would talk i was just it was like it's like cringy and it was so teeny and i just couldn't i don't know I, it's like they were trying the audience they were trying to go for was like 13 to like or like maybe 9 to 13 or something like that and like it just totally missed me it's it easily could have gone into like nostalgia and like made willow what willow was and have like a val kilmer i guess they did have one val kilmer-esque you know actor character mad martigan type character but like other than that the show i mean he was he was the only one that i kind of thought was funny but other than that the rest of the show was pretty miserable to me speeds yeah. did you catch willow you know i loved willow as a kid and i have not gotten around to it i just i haven't watched uh, maverick and top gun was my favorite movies as a kid because i'm just i can't it's like when they do a cover of a leonard skinner song it's like how's that gonna be better but i guess sometimes it can <laughs> be i just don't trust sequels it's awesome i will say that the cinematography is pretty good in willow and some of the some of the sets and scenes are pretty beautiful but yeah the I character the character designs some of the character designs are really cool so i think it's i think it was a cool concept that was not executed very well well that'll wrap up films the awards we had a great 2022 watching a lot of really fun stuff 
Rylan and I really appreciate all of our friends coming on. They were prepared, and we love that. We love people that really love stuff and really thought about it. That's why we created this podcast. I'd encourage you to do the same. Podcasts are pretty easy. If you've got a group of friends, especially if you don't live close to them, don't get to see them, you do not understand how easy this is to put together. So uh, I'd encourage you to do that in 2023. It is so much fun and so rewarding just to spend that time with, with people that matter to you. We're going to be back in 2023 trying to tuck you in and spoiling more stuff for you. So we'll see you soon.